Summer concert season is almost upon us, and if you're heading out to a country show, it'll be all about the boots. With seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more, Tacova's is your stop for the best in Western style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping in all boots as well as free returns and exchanges. And they ship right to your door. Go to Tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. What's next? What's happening? What you gonna do? You got the money you owe us, motherfucker? We're putting the band back together. You were the backbone, the nerve center of a great rhythm and blues band. You can make that live, breathe, and jump again. Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. So what happens now? Is the food free or do we pay someone? Of course not. They send you a bill. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. They came to work every day, and there were no days off. The show goes on. Right now, in over us, it's looking good. And here we are in Washington. That is an echo of the classic sports reporters' opening theme song, Ballroom Blitz. 
And talking about getting the band back together, I said to you guys on Friday, we're going to be, me, Scott, and Solly every Friday, getting that band back together. I got a wild hair, Andy Poland, to put the Sports Reporters band back together, if you can find time, by way of perhaps a weekly Monday free lunch for you and a third at the Palm. Ooh, what do you think about that? I mean, if I were to arrange that, and then I got Naki or Buckhantz or Lovero or whoever to join us, then we could maybe replicate the good old days uh, every Monday. Sounds good. Or maybe even by phone, like today when I'm in Milwaukee and you're Mm. home in your uh, post-workout, comfortable Sunday clothes, ready (laughs) for what I think is the end of... Of Snyder? Oh, oh, let's hope. Let's hope. I was just looking at this. You know, the first game that he was the owner was against the Cowboys, and uh, they had a sizable lead in that game and lost in overtime. Because of that cramping, was, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, it was cramping in the secondary. Though it was a, it was a hot Green. day. It was a hot day in Washington in early September. Yeah, September 12th, and, and Daryl Green did not cramp, but the younger guys did. Oh, right. And, uh, Rocket Ismail caught a touchdown pass in overtime, and they won by six. So this one won't be that close. Yeah. Uh, this this will be a hopefully an exit that will be shameful for oh. Dan Snyder. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. So, you know, I'm going up to Lambeau today, and for those mm-hmm. listening, they're like, oh, I don't get a recap. Motherfuckers, I'm going to be home at 2 a.m., I think. <laughs> and I'm going to have to sleep really, really fast and get up for my morning show. But the full recap of Sunday night at Lambeau with the Packers and the Lions, sort of a win and get in, only at least for the Packers. We'll see about the Lions. And then the rest of Week 18, I'll get to on Tuesday's podcast, but i got to put this in the can, put this to bed before I go up there. Um, Mm -hmm. The gravity of the end of Snyder, and I'm far away from it, kind of hits me, Andy. I, I wish I was closer for the end of this enfant, Terrible's reign of disaster. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know how public it's going to be. Uh, Not at all. Curious. I don't know uh, if he's going to be there. Do you? Yeah. I, well, look. I mean, last it was last week when they had the honoring of the hogs, and Joe Gibbs showed up. You know, there was no sighting of Snyder, and Gibbs was there. Right. That to me was very telling. Um, and I've also found it interesting with all the Michigas that's been going on with Snyder, uh, you'd think there might be a public statement of support from Gibbs. There has not. Now, he's been dealing with a lot of things, oh my a terrible God. tragedy with the death of his second son, but but some somebody, if, if, if there was anything to be saved here, he would be the one to at least, you know, make it look a little bit better with a statement, no statement from him, and you right. would have thought, you know, Snyder nuzzling up to him like he did to Jerry, in the middle of the season in Dallas, standing on the star, that that might be something that could save him. But I think it, it looks like, you know, it's another indication that this ship has finally sailed. So is there a expectation market-wide and amongst those who cover the team that this is indeed the end of Snyder? Well, you know, I mean, we've had the Lucy football pulled out before, so, you know, the, you don't know if it's going to happen until it actually happens. But, but yeah, I mean, it that's, seems, that, that's hope. It seems like it's happening. Because yeah, of does. all the atmospherics and everything else. Right, right. Well, so then, that's, today, that's a good thing. then today should be the cause 
for great joy and celebration. Although I don't know. I would love to see if anyone can get into the stadium signs that commemorate and timestamp forever in a photograph, in a shot on TV maybe, a sign yeah. that indicates the end of Snyder. Famously, once upon a time, he was confiscating signs that mm-hmm. went against the regime back in the day. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they still do that, but yeah, I mean, there could be some signs that say, you know, 23 years of crappy ownership, goodbye, right. something right. like that. I know? mean, think about the famous shots of fans in certain cities, the bagheads. Remember mm-hmm. the baghead fans in New Orleans, I believe it yes. was? They yeah, started the- <laughs> 1980 when they went 1-15. They were the ones that started it, and they started it on a Monday night football game that uh, they saw the whole nation got to see <laughs> these Saints fans showing their displeasure. So we're going back, what, 42 years now, and that is now a tradition among teams that stink. Fans show up with bags in their heads. Do you know that yours truly once got on national television with a bag over his head? At an Where? NFL game, Where? it was Which in one? it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I was at WFNZ Radio. This would have been circa nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight time period, yeah. and and the Panthers were god awful. I think they were zero seven, taking on the fellow zero seven Buffalo Bills on ESPN. That was which, George Seifert, right? That was that was the one in fifteen. No, game? that was Dom Capers. No. Okay, okay, and so. And I think ESPN was on Sunday night at the time. Yes, is that possible? Yes, it was. Yes, yes. So it was a Sunday night game at Eric at then Erickson Stadium, and me being a rabble rousing punk ass radio host, (laughs) got some fans to join me in going to the game, and to bring bags, and our bags are over our heads. And the great Mike Patrick, who I liked and respected, of course, did the company thing. And was like, okay, come on now, fans. Like, you know, I know it's tough down here, but this this is a bit much. And I think Theismann was his color guy yes. yep, at the that's time. Right. Patrick Theismann and was there another guy in the booth? I think it was just, just the two men. Might, yeah. might have been just them. It might have just been those two. But, boy, uh, you, uh, you internet sleuths out there listening, if you could find that clip, that would be fantastic. I think I saved it somewhere, but it's sort of lost in time. I can't prove that it's me because, well, um, I had a bag. <laughs> Over my head. <laughs> Some might suggest that's a better look for you. Ow! But... <laughs> ow! Ow, Andy! Ow, that hurts. I'm a man. I'm flesh and blood. I hurt. I wound. So anyway, Snyder will exit, whether he's shown or not today, against a Cowboy team that has something to play for, although late-breaking news Saturday night was that the Giants – who are instrumental for any Cowboys' hopes of stealing the division, are going to rest all of their starters against the Eagles. Right. Yeah, they're playing a practice squad quarterback, I think. Are they <laughs> so, really? Yeah, they're not even playing Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> so they're really laying down. Okay. So the Cowboys will come in, and who knows how much of the starters they'll play. Uh, the Commanders are starting Sam Howell. More on that in a second. And then um, – it's the Cowboys. They'll probably win. They'll probably win going away. Uh, there'll be a muffled disgruntlement as the fans exit the stadium, but it will be the end. It will be the end of Dan Snyder once and for all. 23 years of absolute debaculous ownership, controversy, scandal, 
mean-spiritedness, nonsense, greedy, greedy cash grabs left and right, and he will exit in total ruin. Lawsuit upon lawsuit, investigations, the name is gone, the logo is gone, the history has been tarnished, the old-time greats are being insulted left and right, but he'll get a big pile of money. That's right. He's, he's exiting with, he could get as much as 10 times what he paid for the team, which is unfathomable. I mean, that's when he paid $800 million for the stadium and the team, owners kind of rejoiced because that raised the value of their teams. But uh, the deal that they made with the devil is uh, coming back to haunt them now, uh, although this will also help to raise the value of their franchises once again, when hopefully he exits with his pile of cash. He came, he saw, he ruined entirely. It's spectacular to sort of, if you step back one or two steps, you go, wow, how did that happen? You and I are old enough, as many are, to remember just how esteemed and shiny and proud the franchise was when he came into it, and Mm -hmm. look at what he leaves it as. Holy shit. now, I will say that the stadium is not entirely his fault. Uh, ah. That was that that was built. Now, the, oh, the no, current but, okay, the current stadium. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say the fact that he will leave without any plans in right. place for a new stadium is his fault because right. he became too toxic for any public entity to align themselves with. Right, that stadium is now twenty five years old. So it should be on its way out. And right now, a a spade has not been put into the ground to break ground for a new place. And we have no idea if and when that's going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, so how do you feel today? Just overall vibe as a longtime Redskin, now Commander fan, how do you feel? Well, there's only one thing I care about. And that's that they don't screw up the Sonny Jurgensen retirement ceremony. Everything they have done has been an abject disaster uh in terms of honoring the past and you know the the one thing that bruce allen at least understood was the the legacy of the team and when they would honor although they screwed some of those up too with misspelling london fletcher's name but 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 this but their ability to just absolutely botch these things is is almost like they're trying to do it right and uh and you know Sonny's number being retired now and January, a game that's going to be 75% Cowboy fans and another lost season. I mean, it just it just doesn't seem right. But uh, there was just one other thing that they had to fix at the last minute. Uh, Kevin Sheehan, our friend, had uh, Frank Herzog, the longtime play-by-play voice, and he and Sonny were in the booth together for 22 years. Frank, Sonny, uh, and Sam. Sonny, Sam, and Frank, yep. Oh, yeah. Turn down the sound on your TV and listen to them on the radio. They were the soundtrack of the glory years. And he had him on the show, and he said, so are you going to be there Sunday when they retire Sonny's number? He said, nope, not invited. Wow. <laughs> and that touched, wow. Off. <laughs> that touched off a little firestorm there. Uh, the commanders claimed, oh, that, yeah, claimed. Uh, that the Jurgensen family wanted to keep the ceremony small oh. and – and the only friend that they were inviting was Billy Kilmer. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, and so they they had to do a quick fix, and they got Sam, uh, Frank on a plane. This As of Friday morning, he was not scheduled to go. I think as of Friday evening, he was scheduled to fly here today and uh, sit in the radio booth with the new crew 
and uh, and talk about Sonny. Unbelievable. So. <laughs> but then yeah. again, it's on brand. I mean, look at all the missteps along the way just in the last couple of years. Sean yeah. Taylor being honored with his own street sign. They take a photo of the family in front of a row of porta potties. Right. You get the Sean Taylor tribute statue. It's not a statue. It's a Dick Sporting Goods wireframe mannequin that has all kinds of things wrong about it, from the jersey branding to the shoes to everything else. They have to go fix that later on. Um, What else have they screwed up in the last... uh, uh, When they rolled out the name, it was this awkward, sort of unexciting Doug Williams in the middle of RFK. Well, we're the commanders now. What? Did, was, did you yeah. just announce it right there? No fanfare, no stunts, no pyrotechnics, no nothing. Um, yeah. the, the, well, how about the, the how last about, week, the, the honoring of the Hogs? Uh, the, just days before they're uh, going to honor the, the Hogs, they're being sued. a threat of a lawsuit. Because right, because they, they haven't paid the Hogs for the thing. For marketing. And yeah. there's Tutty, uh, Commander Tutty, the new mascot. Oh, God. Which is a complete thing. You got the uh, what, re- what idiot, by the way, what idiot? Uh, refers to a touchdown as a tutty. Apparently NFL players do. I've heard that from various guys like, hey, man, you scored a tutty. Way to go. I've never heard a fan say that. No. And if a fan sitting next to me say, what a great tutty, I'd say, what? No, that's (laughs) stupid. Don't call it that. Call it a TD if you want to abbreviate it. Don't call it a tutty. You sound like a moron. Yeah. So this uh, this could be a huge day. Uh, I hope there's signs. I hope there's somebody that can timestamp with digital assets for the broadcast or for the newspapers or or the internet because newspapers they only exist in Andy's driveway right now. Um, <laughs> for social media that 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 confirms this is the end of Snyder. He came. He saw. He ruined so thoroughly. And hopefully a new day dawns for Commander fans with a new owner who gets it. And with uh, a new stadium that is worthy. And some winning football would be nice. I mean, Snyder, 23 years, not a single 11-win season. Not right. one. And and did never never advance to the NFC Championship game. I think he had three playoff wins over that period of time. And uh, one of them was over an 8-8 eight and eight, uh, Lions team. And another was over a Tampa team quarterback by Chris Sims. So right. That's right. Two playoff wins, right? <laughs> Three, I think. They had one the Lions in, game. Yes. Yeah. And then the uh then Tampa. And didn't they have one more? Maybe it was just two. Wow. The Tampa <laughs> one sent them to Seattle and they took an early ten nothing lead on Seattle and yeah. had a Carlos Rogers pick six dropped. Right. That would have made it more, I believe. Yeah, they had a chance in that one. But yeah, that was uh that sounds about right. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just been unbelievable. And the money spent and the effort made and the coaches hired, and he just couldn't get it right. What do you think it was about him that but made him so wildly unsuccessful, wildly despised by everybody, and just a disaster on wheels? What was it? I think it's it's the fact that he liked to meddle. Um, I think it's it's his vindictiveness. Like, you know, for example, uh, Jay Gruden has said this, that uh, they thought they could make a deal with the 49ers to trade Kirk Cousins when they knew they weren't going to sign him long-term and gotten high draft picks. But the reason that they didn't do it is because Snyder wanted to be uh, cut off his nose to spite his face because he didn't want to deal with the Shanahans. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, those kind of things. That's just one example, but it's a, it's a good illustration right. of how he did business. And, um, you know, I mean, he going out and, and signing these free agents uh, the way he did when, when people said, no, don't do that. Um, just just everything about him screamed. Uh, you, there's a handbook on this, sir. Uh, if you'd like to look at it, others have made these mistakes before. You could probably learn from their mistakes before you commit them yourself. And he just didn't listen. He just wanted yeah. to do his own thing. I just, I so don't get it from a personality and a psychological standpoint that here you should have had this happy, joyful, lucky, young hustler who kind of won the business lottery and bought the team that he purportedly loved growing up. I know you've over the years said, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, You would have thought that he would have lived his life in accordance with that happy, joyful, lucky sort of thing. Instead, it was paranoid, vindictive. It mm-hmm. was, I want to show people how I can crush them. It's the most fascinating psychological study I could possibly imagine. And now that I see he's claiming residence in London. Yeah, well, that would be that would actually be a smart move, because once he's out of here, he's a pariah. So nobody wants to see him anymore. So if he takes up residence in in London, that's fine. And and there's also a rumor he wants to buy Manchester United. Oh, boy. A soccer team like Ted Lasso, only at the ownership billionaire yeah. scale. Right, exactly. Now, the, back to back to his, the thing you mentioned about his age. He was thirty-four years old when he bought this team. Thirty and fucking four. And wouldn't you think there? I think there's an assumption that anybody who's successful, as successful as he was in business, to be in a position to spend eight hundred million dollars on a football team. He must have a winning personality, right? He must be able to, no. you know, charm people. Uh, you know, th- that's a big part of business. That, it, it, you can criticize Jerry Jones all you want, but man, that guy knows how to sell, doesn't he? Yes. He, he, know, he, knows, he knows marketing. He knows how to get. This guy had the personality of a wet fish. And, <laughs> and it's, it's remarkable that, and I, in some of the early days, I, I will admit this, I was invited to a couple of his Super Bowl parties. And and I walk in the door and I see him standing alone. And I went up really? to him, yeah, and tried to pitch him on coming on the radio show. And uh, you know, he he just seemed uncomfortable talking to anybody. Right. It was bizarre. A guy like that should own the room. I mean, he's paying for it. You know, there's a, a couple a hundred thousand dollar party or whatever. He's you know, right, the, right. The booze and the shrimp are flowing. You know, <laughs> well, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Jones learned how to sell as a young boy out yeah. front of his dad's hardware store in Texas. Grocery store. Grocery, Grocery store, store, right. And he would be yeah, out there all. like handing out coupons and brochures and pitching people, come on in. And that's mm-hmm. where the carnival barker in Jerry came from. But that's a true sales thing. I think people can learn to either win others over genuinely, like you know how to win people to your side, and mm-hmm. then there's people who know how to manipulate. And yeah. those who are manipulators do so out of not-so-pure intentions and just to try to get to an end that justifies the means. Those who really know how to win people over, so it's like, a, hey, you're here with me and you're glad to be here with me and it's a win-win, those are way more rare than just the brute force manipulators like Snyder. Yeah, I would say that's true. And, and you know, he had partners too. I mean, it, that's another thing that the league learned 
he was heavily leveraged when he came in. Sure. And and they've they put the clamps on that too. Like that's that's not the way they go anymore. So yeah. that was that was a big part of it. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. uh, Let's talk about the NFL's changing rules in the wake of the DeMar Hamlin incident. You and I didn't get to talk about that because we recorded on Sunday morning. It happened, of course, on Monday night. Unbelievable. Thank God it has turned out the way it has. But the NFL deciding to go, yeah, well, we have these things written down talking about winning percentages, but we're going to do something completely different. Kansas City is now the automatic one seed, and the Mm -hmm. championship game could be played at a neutral site if the Bills or the Bengals make it, and I think that's a highly possible outcome. But as I understand it here on a Sunday morning, they don't have a site secured yet. And a number of cities have said, no, no thanks, like Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, which, which would be a perfect site to have it. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like that. But you know what? It, it's probably going to lead to the NFL doing this because they'll find a way to squeeze more money out of it that way. And uh, they obviously don't care about the fans because if, if you're a season ticket holder, Part of your investment is, at least in my thinking, is if you the invest right in that. to buy yeah. home championship game tickets. The right, right to buy them, yes. But but they but they don't care. And, and the fact that you're recording this in the morning because you're going to yet another night game for the Packers because they want Aaron Rodgers on. And, and <laughs> right. you know, maybe, the, I don't know what the weather is in, in, in your area right now, but but they wouldn't care if it was 30 below right. because they, they want the television. They want more money. They want the theater of it. Yeah, and of course they had guidelines in place for this that said, hey, if there's games that affect each other, i.e. Seahawks-Rams and right. i.e. Detroit-Green Bay, you play them at the same time to minimize competitive advantage or disadvantage. And they just said, yeah, we're not going to do that either because they <laughs> couldn't resist the catnip of Rodgers on television in primetime one last time. So – you got a league that's making all this shit up. And then the thing that blew my mind was the fact that allegedly this eighth playoff team this year was enough of an idea that it crawled out of the primordial ooze and made it to the lips of people like Adam Schefter. How on earth would anyone think that wasn't the most batshit stupid idea? Well, I mean, it's it's stupid in for the competitive standpoint, but for the money standpoint, you you just can't get enough football on television. <laughs> so it, it it really wouldn't matter. It's just they'll be hey, two more games, great, let's do it. You yeah. know? Uh Do you think the league handled the Demar Hamlin situation well? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they've made the right call in not continuing the game. What about uh, not playing it Tuesday night or Wednesday night to get nah, it in? No, nah, I don't think that was a, you his, couldn't, his he life. He couldn't was, do that because he was still in deep peril. Right, and even if even if he wasn't, the logistics of that, I, I don't, I don't think that was that was the right move. Okay, I think, fair I enough. So. Now, fair enough. Now I'm going to take this logic. I'm going to carry it forward to today. Had Demar Hamlin died, how could they make the Bills play today? Well, then, then I think what was in play was not playing this week. The league wouldn't play. Really? Yeah. And then what? And then you know you 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 know just like nine eleven you get yourself back up and many many tributes and you play next week and then you know do away with the bye week between the championship and Super Bowl. So That's when Sean Taylor died, there was no talk of we can't play football this weekend. They played five that, days later. That was and 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 that's a good comparison, except that that happened off the field. Okay. And 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 America, you know, this this was a a perfect storm of 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 people seeing it because it was two great teams, highly anticipated game, uh, Monday Night Football. If it was Titans Texans at at one o'clock, yeah, then it would have had much less impact. Correct. I think so. And yeah. if it if Hamlin had collapsed standing on the sideline waiting to go in the game, it would also have much less impact. I think. It would yeah. be viewed as a, hey, it could happen to any one of us any time. That's really yeah. awful, but it's not football. The fact it happened after a big hit made everyone think, oh, shit, football can kill you. But this hasn't happened really ever in the history of the league. Even the Chuck Hughes death, he collapsed away from the play on the play. Right. He was walking back to the huddle. He had uh, hardening in the arteries, which was a yeah. very bizarre thing. You know, one of the things about that, and this is interesting about the flow of information at the time, there wasn't even like an NFL today in those days. So they just played the games and, and that was it. And most people found out about it by reading the newspaper the next day. And the photo that went out was Dick Butkus standing over him, waving like, you know, the trainers to come over like this is something serious. Right. And people initially looked at the photo. It's not funny, but they looked at the photo and they said, oh, my God, Butkus killed a player. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could kill a guy, I'd say yeah. Dick Butkus at the top of the list, right? The most feared guy at the time. And, and, and you know, the great work of NFL films, they helped to further that legend. But, you know, making uh, – films about him and and you know the way that they could do it the, the sables were brilliant at that yeah. and yeah he was he was he had that kind of an image i don't know about you but i know that when i the word started to trickle out i think thursday morning yeah thursday morning that you know hamlin had turned the corner and was doing better man i felt inside i felt like a genuine adrenaline rush and a a feeling of oh my god thank god did you feel the same yeah. thing i don't Absolutely. know tamar hamlin from the guy down the street no, 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 that we was and and from all indications, this is you know a, a happenstance that that is related to the the heartbeat and all that. And it, you know you get that with with uh, kids sometimes with um, you know little league games where the ball hits them at the exact second. Maybe, but still, but still, with all the hitting that goes on, and they've been playing professional football for a hundred years, uh, you know this is another one of those things where you go, why doesn't this happen more often? Yeah. Uh, either this is a truly Fusilli Jerry situation. There's a shout out to Seinfeld. Remember the Fusilli Jerry? Oh, yeah. Where the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Fusilli uh, figurine of Jerry Seinfeld ended up up the ass of someone who sat on it. And the proctologist <laughs> is like, one in a million shot, one in a million shot. 
or or there was other factors. Uh, you know, like a lot of athletes that have serious incidents or die from heart attacks. Reggie Lewis, Hank Gathers, and others. They don't find out about the heart defects until after they do the autopsy. And they're like, oh, wow, we didn't notice this, right? Well, no, th- those actually, those are two, two uh, different instances. In Hank Gathers, they had detected a heart issue. He took medication, which made him sluggish. And he didn't take the medication on the day that he died. Okay. Uh, Reggie, Reggie Lewis, Lewis had been checked had, no, and no. cleared and was working out and then uh, died. But, but he, had been, he had been to like 12 different doctors. Until he found one that said, nah, I think it's okay. Oh, my and God. And he wasn't even, and, and I don't even think he was working out. I think he was like, just at a, a, a you know, a court, like maybe hoisting up a couple of shots. But it wasn't a workout. It wasn't a team workout or anything like that. Right. This was just like, a, you know, so so there were there were warnings on, on those two. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there are some. And, you know, I have a, a dear friend who, who lost his daughter with an undetected heart ailment. Pete Maravich was, was the same thing, which is uh, remarkable since he had this great career and he was 40 years old and he dropped dead and they found out he had a heart an undetected yeah. heart defect. You know? yeah. um, there was a player, a football player who you had his father on, uh, on our show, uh, Derek Sheely, I believe. Oh yes. Yes. That was a, uh, that he, was a head injury. Yes. That was, his, his that son, was... his son died playing football due to a head injury. Correct. Well, he'd had he'd had a concussion, and he shouldn't have been out on the field. Oh, right. He either had a second concussion, or it was something that that type of thing. And uh, I believe they settled that at court. So um, he's not, I, as far as I know, is not allowed to to talk about the uh, instances of. Yeah. But. All right. Uh, last night, the uh, Jaguars uh, beat the uh, Titans with Josh Dobbs, on, in in part on a play that was really kind of close. Whether it was a fumble by Dobbs or an incomplete pass. In my world, Andy, that should be an incomplete pass. I don't care to nitpick the, well, the ball is coming out, and he didn't really throw it. He kind of half pushed it with the tip of the football. It went 10 yards forward. I would rather that be called an incomplete pass 100 out of 100 times, but they looked at it, and they said, play stands after, like, 20 seconds. It was amazing. Like, as if the league said, we are not fucking having the Titans in the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah yeah and and maybe there's that uh that you want to you know now that aaron Rodgers is kind of you know doing his usual waffle of retirement that uh you know well let's let's shuffle in one of these new kids you know brady's probably gonna leave too so you know let's let's make sure we we, we showcase him in the playoffs a little bit yep. yeah well good for good for trevor lawrence who has definitely moved the needle on what he looked like last year and then just watching doug peterson super bowl champion on the sidelines under competent management, it's amazing what a team with some talent can do. And I just kept thinking, they hired fucking douchebag uh, Ohio State, Urban Florida, Meyer. Urban Meyer, and he ran that outfit like a clown show. Left the team on their way back to Florida to go to Ohio to then grope 20-year-olds at a bar and be caught on video. What a pile of shit he was, and no wonder they didn't succeed with him. And yet, someone, Andy, I guess Shad Khan, I guess his son, sat there, interviewed Urban Meyer, and said, you know what, this will work. Well, you know what I think? I think Urban Meyer is very good at coach speak. And owners who've never played, uh, never coached, are taken in by that. And, And, you know, Tony Dungy, who won a Super Bowl, had a good run in Tampa, was known as somebody who didn't interview very well. You know, he was, he's, he's kind right. of a low-key guy. 
And, and so, no, they, they passed on him. And who knows what yin yangs they hired in place of him. And, and, that w- and Urban Meyer goes the other way. He's good at coach speak. That's why he's on television. But don't, so he's don't, they, have, by that. don't they have people, though, don't, doesn't Shad Khan have people that say, listen, Urban Meyer is Johnny College. He's not really going to be in it for the grind. He knows he can go back to TV at any time. This is not the guy you want to hire, no matter how much you love him. You would have thought there would have been football people that could have said, Mm-mm, don't do this. Can, can I bring up the name Jim Zorn, please? Uh, can, yes. I, can I remind you that that uh, that they they hired Jim Zorn, but they were stuck. The coach of the team. They were stuck, <laughs> and Danny and Vinny, <laughs> to succeed Joe Gibbs, and Danny and, 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 and Vinny are incompetent fucks. I, I assume yes, but, that Shad Khan is smarter, and his son is smarter, but they still got duped. But they called Joe Gibbs, probably in the shop. <laughs> hey Joe, what do you think? We're gonna hire, we're gonna hire Jim Zorn, and Gibbs supposedly said. Yeah, I think he could be the head coach. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Andy, in honor of Dan Snyder's last day, I bring you Don Henley's The Last Worthless Evening. A great song uh, that I think is evocative of this final day, we hope, of the Dan Snyder regime in D.C. As always, yeah. my friend, a great discussion, and uh, we will chat next week, and I'll try to get that uh, Palm situation set up. We could get the band back together. If Sounds works. like fun. All right, buddy. Yeah. See you. Thanks. See you. Take care. Let's hope it's the last of Snyder. Can you imagine the disappointment if somehow they're like, yeah, I'm not actually selling the team. Goodbye, douchebag. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your final weekend of NFL football. Full recap of Week 18 coming in tomorrow's podcast. Wish me good luck in sleeping tonight for two, three, four hours if I'm lucky. And then we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Have a good one, folks. We'll see you then. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.